Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. Have you found Matthew 5? Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Now, this is Jesus talking to believers. He's talking to his disciples. Any disciples in here? You are the light. Same message to you. You are the light of the world. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world, right? And Jesus even said in one place, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, how many of you know that Jesus is still in the world? I'm looking at him right now. Huh? In his body, the church of the living God, the body of Christ. You, as the Bible says, as he is, what? So are you in this world. So he is the light of the world still through the church of the living God, which be you. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine. Where? Before men. That means that you have to take whatever you got here in church today. When you got lit up today. I don't mean that how you think I mean. I mean in the spirit. <laughs> Not through the other spirit, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You come to church and you get fired up. You get reignited. Hallelujah. I mean, it's so, I'm so grateful for the church. I don't know about you, but it has really been a blessing to my life. I was raised in church all my life. You'd think I would have been tired of it by now, but it's been life-saving for me. I'm grateful for the house of God where I have found refuge, where I have found strength, where I have found a new beginning, where I have found hope, where I have found love and grace and acceptance. I love the church. Healing, blessing is in the church. Truth is in the church. You cannot find truth outside of the house of God, ladies and gentlemen, because the Bible says the church is the pillar and ground of truth. It's the body of Christ. Are you hearing me today? It's really important to be there then. Because when you get out of church, you get out of truth. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't get quiet. Y'all are supposed to be shouting. You're here. Amen. Talking about all those other people. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. That means we... We should be, there should be something about our lives that they can see this light. That we're not just walking around hoping that it emanates out of our skin. It's by what you're saying and what you're doing. That they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father. See, God gets the glory. God gets the glory through your life. Through what you're bringing to this world. This light that's shining through. Everybody say, show the way. Show the way. That's what this is telling us. Show the way. The, the light is what shows the way. Amen. You, you turn on a light and you can see where you're going. Otherwise, you're tripping over things. You turn a light, you can see where you're going. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light unto my path. It's you show the way. I was deer hunting years ago out in West Texas, out in Robert Lee, right outside of Robert Lee, Texas. And it was it's very dark out there. I love West Texas because you can, it seems like you can see every star in the sky. They're just brilliant. And I got up, me and my brother, early, early one morning, 
And I just bought a brand new flashlight, and we had to walk from our cabin about half a mile to our deer stands, and it happened to be extra, uh, uh, extra dark that morning because the moonlight wasn't out, and I think there was some, even some cloud cover. It was very dark out there, no city lights or anything like that, just out on this mesa. And um, so my brother didn't bring a flashlight, and he said, I, I, I said, well, here's mine. Take, mine. take my my brand new one that I bought specially for me. And I gave it to him. And, but I, could, I had an old one from last year's hunt in my, in my coat pocket. And so he went his way and I went my way. Strapped my gun on my back and began to walk down this kind of a road that we made. We just, you know how if you've been out in the country or you've been on a ranch, you make roads with your pickup. Right? You just, you just drive over it enough and eventually it turns into a road. Well, this, the kind of road was like that. It was still kind of new, so it wasn't perfectly a road where it was very visible, but you could make it out. And so I, I began to head toward my deer blind. It was very dark, and I turned on my flashlight, and man, oh man, was that thing not doing its job. And I looked at, looked at the light, and it was just that, you know, dingy orange color. Oh, man. So I'm putting it close to the ground, trying to see where I'm going. And uh, it was cold. I just wanted to hurry up and get to the deer blind and kind of cozy up in there. And so, and I found, I'm, as I'm following this, I'm, this light, this light is casting kind of, I don't know, this dim light is casting kind of funny shadows. And I found myself off the road. And so I would, I would turn the light off and, and then kind of look. And then I could, I could finally find the road again. And I put the light on and I found myself going right off the road again. I thought, I'm getting nowhere with this dim light. It's, I can stumble in darkness and find this road better than I can following this dim light. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Your dim light will bring nothing but confusion. See, if you're confused, everybody else is going to be confused. If that light's not coming out of your life, then you're not going to show people the right way. I mean, it's, it's a shock to some people when they find out maybe their co-workers are Christian. You? No. Your life is just as messed up as mine. Hmm? This is the result of God in your life? Well, you talk just like I do. You say the same words I do. Huh? You're struggling with your marriage just like I am. Oh, man. Come on. You got the same trouble I do. What, what, God, what is God doing? You let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, if God's going to tell you to do that, then that means he must believe that you can. Hmm? He's not going to tell you to do something that you cannot do. He's not going to put his spirit in you, his anointing in you, so that you can just, so that you can hopefully make it. So you can roll the dice, I'm going to try this Christianity thing, and maybe it'll work out. Well, if you see it like that, it's, then it'll do exactly what gambling will do for you. <laughs> some days it's really good, and some days it's really bad. Hmm? Come on now. But you have to understand that this light on, on the inside of you was not meant for you alone. But that same light that came to you needs to come through you. Amen. Let your light so shine. Are you hearing me? Yes. Tell your neighbor, oh, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, another thing on this. It says that they may what? See your good works. Now tell your neighbor, say, you're being watched. Yeah, you're being watched. I mean, as soon as you throw it out, I'm a Christian, then you become a target. A lot of time for ridicule. 
Because it's, it, I found that over the years when I was working in a secular job, that it was almost like once they found out that I was a believer, that they were waiting for me to screw up. I guess I got a witness in here today. <laughs> you worked with the same people, didn't you? And they're like waiting. Oh, oh, I heard that. I heard that. I saw that. And you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> We're watching. I have a good friend named Brandon Clark who pastors a church in San Angelo, Texas. And he uh, was in third grade and performed his first wedding <laughs> at school during recess. These two, this little boy and girl decided it was time for them to get married. Third grade. <laughs> so they picked my friend Brandon to uh, marry them. And so he did. And out there on the playground, he performed a marriage ceremony. And then the teacher found out about it, and she said, Brandon, uh, you can't do that. You have to have a degree or a license or something can't be marrying other kids, all right? So that squelched that, and he went on with his life and on through the fourth and fifth and sixth grade. But over this time, other kids began to call, they called him preacher from that day forward. Preacher, there's the preacher, there's the preacher. All it did was illegally marry somebody. There's the preacher. And they saw him in this light, and preacher turned into holy roller, then he, became, then he became a holy roller. Now, Brandon wasn't doing anything to, to, to cause them to think that from that day forward. It was just he had, they had this image burned in their mind, and so they put him in this category and said, that's what he is. He's the preacher. He's the holy. I mean, he's just trying to get through school. You know, he's not out there intensely trying to win kids to Jesus. He's just trying to get through school. And, and over time, he, he came to somewhat despise the label that they were putting on him. He was in the 11th grade sitting and watching a football game. Anybody ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights? And Odessa, Odessa Permian Odessa, whatever it is, I hate that school, Mojo, uh, they were the only reason I hate because we live in San Angelo and they beat Central Bobcats all the time. Yeah. All the time. Had our number. He's sitting out there watching that team play and one of them fumbled the ball and so he threw out an expletive. And a kid, a few rows up behind him, said, hey, Clark. He said, yeah. He said, was that you? You say that word? He said, yeah, so? He said, all that time, thought you were a holy roller. Well, you're just like one of us. And at that moment, Brandon said, I wanted that night, that name again. I wanted to be known as that. I didn't realize how much. It really meant until I lost it. I thank God that he continued to go in the right direction. He's pastoring a wonderful church today. Hallelujah. Living for God. But I'm here to tell you, they're watching you. Any given moment. Miss Tawana um, was here this morning, Stephen Tawana Bolden. And Tawana said that she got a, a phone call. Actually, her neighbor came over to her house and said, I was, I was um, looking in your window the other day. And uh, 
I saw what you were, I saw you were watching Joyce Meyer. She was like, thank God that's what I was watching. <laughs> Her soaps had just ended, so she went over there <laughs> to repent and watch Joyce Meyer and make everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that with her not here. It's because that's not like her at all. But this woman lived across the street, and she could see in through her window and saw Joyce Meyer on the TV. This woman was battling depression, just, just having a really tough time. So she, she, she changed her channel, her TV, till she found Joyce Meyer. And there was a prayer line number that came on. TV, and so she called it. And they got so involved in her situation that they actually put Joyce on the phone with this woman. And she prayed with her right there and helped her come out of some junk. I mean, the woman got delivered, and, and, and so she came over to Tawana's house to just testify. Hey, I was watching you. I mean, if they're looking through your window, ladies and gentlemen, what are they going to find in there? Hmm? I know, honey, keep the blinds closed. Hmm? Amen. Hey. <laughs> Derek said, put the tinfoil up. But let your light so, everybody say, so shine. Let it so shine. You're being watched. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Stay with me. I'll get you out of here eventually. You know what I, I noticed this morning? Nobody in this room is sweating. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I remember back when we used to sweat in church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says, Oh, let's let, no, no, no. Let me, let me do this again. Go to 1 and 2 first. Ephesians 5, 1. Oh, you, you knew it, didn't you? Who saw that coming? Michael, did you see that coming? Thank you, man. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. How many of you got kids in here? How many found out that they are little parrots? Oh, yeah. mm, they like to repeat what mom and dad are saying or what they are doing. And man, they, they, and, they, and they let everybody in public know at the opportune time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always happens at the wrong time. And they always say the wrong. Son, I've said that word one time. And that's the thing that burned in your mind. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I promise. I really don't say that. I, I, really. I, that you taught me. I, no, no. Shh. <laughs> Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. That is, hang on every word. Hmm? Just hang on every word and do what he does. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And then it goes into this list of what walking in love doesn't look like. Fornication, covetousness, all these yucky things. And then he says, these are the people that won't inherit the kingdom of God. Look at verse 8. For you were once darkness. What's happened between being a fornicator and now being were in darkness? Yeah. Light. Hmm? Amen. Light came into your life. Amen. You were translated out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Yes. Hallelujah. And now see, Paul's trying to teach us here, you don't identify with that anymore. You were once darkness. Hmm? Now he's talking to some people here 
that are still struggling. He's not talking to perfect people. He's talking to people that are struggling here. Are you hearing me? He really is. And I want, I want to encourage all of you here today that, that God is with you in the struggle. Amen. He doesn't condone sin. He never will condone sin. He doesn't condone misbehavior, but he's with you in your struggle. You just keep moving toward him. Are you hearing me? Keep moving toward him. Keep putting the word in your life. You might be weak in sin today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going toward God. Don't let condemnation and shame talk you out of your victory over that. Amen. You keep moving toward God. That's why we're, see, we're all in this thing together. I'm looking at a whole room full of people who stumble and fall and say things they shouldn't say and do things they shouldn't do. Hey, we're family. You're in the right place. Amen. We're in this thing together, but I want to encourage you today that you've got, God has victory for your life. And the way you understand that is you understand, I was darkness. I'm not anymore. See, Jesus came and did a change on the inside of you. There was this miracle thing that happened. There was this rebirth, an instantaneous salvation. You were darkness, and then you became light in an instant. The moment you put your faith in Christ for salvation, your whole life changed. Old things were passed away, and then everything became new. You were a new creation in one, one moment. Be imitators of God as dear to Now, it says, for you were once darkness. Everybody say, were. Mm-hmm. But now. Everybody say, but now. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. What is that telling you? Be who you are. Just be who you are. Hallelujah. Well, you don't know what I, I don't don't care what you've done. Who are you? Hmm? Just be who you are. Your identity is not wrapped up in what you do or don't do. Your identity is wrapped up in who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Your life is hidden in him. All right. It's important, it's important though, that you do that. That you're able to receive that truth into your life and then execute it. How many of you like football in here? Even though. Okay. I still like it anyway. Not even gonna mention the C word. I still like it anyway. I still like football. Even though the Dallas Cowboys aren't, um, I did say it anyway. How, how many of you ever been out there to Jerry World? You've seen the place. That's a nice, it's a really beautiful stadium. Too bad. <laughs> I can't quit. Let me just tell you this, and somebody told me, uh, I think it was Brother William. Did you tell me to stop praying for them? Okay. It's like I pray for them, and the opposite thing happens. It's a, that's a prayer that does not avail much, praying for the Cowboys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop blaming my lack of faith, and it's them. All right. But you go there and watch a football game, and that, those 11 men on the offense, they, they gather in a, what they call a what? Oh. Huddle. They're huddled up. And what's going on in that huddle? Now, they're not just over there going, I love you, and I love you, and this fun out here. Hmm? No, they're not loving on each other. Something is happening. All right? They're in this circle, and the quarterback has something to say. He says, guys, this is the play. He gets it in from the coach a lot of times in, in his earpiece, and he gives them the play. And then everybody in that crew is supposed to know where they fit in that play. 
right? What their part is. Some are blocking, some are running a route, some are, some are, are, are maybe running the ball, the, uh, but everybody has a part to play. And so by the name of that play, then, okay, so that's great, the huddle, but you didn't come to that football game to watch a bunch of guys get in a circle and huddle around. You came to the game to see if what was said in the huddle could be accomplished on the field. Mm-hmm. So you're gathered here today, we're huddled up here together, and we're getting our game plan together. Hallelujah. We're getting this, this truth of the Word of God coming into our lives. But what the world is wondering is, can you execute the play? Huh? Can you really live this message that has come into your life? Or is this just a little club that you attend, and it's really nice, and then you just go and do whatever you want to anyway? Hmm? Can you execute the play? Yeah. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Boy, that ought to be our quest. Lord, what's acceptable to you? Well, here's how you find out. The Bible says in Romans 12, be therefore, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've got to get your mind right. You have to wrap your mind around this truth. You have to get the word in your mind, get the word in your mouth, get the word in your heart, and be renewed to truth before you can ever fulfill that God lifestyle. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Man, I'll tell you what, I don't know how many sermons I've heard based on that scripture right there. Hmm. We're supposed to expose sin. Expose the darkness. Hmm? You sin. You sinner. You're doing this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. I'm, what are you doing? I'm exposing the darkness. We got to preach sin so that the church can be holy. It's not what the Bible teaches me. Go ahead. Go ahead and preach it. I'll preach Jesus. And the church will be holy. Yes. Hmm? People know they're sinning. That's right. They don't need me to tell them they're in sin. That's right. Huh? Is that true? Y'all want to hear that message? I'll tell you what a sinner you are if you want me to. I won't do that because I won't be preaching the word. Let's listen to this. It says, but rather expose them. Everybody say this with me. Leave the light on. Leave the light on. See, when you get around people with your light on, they begin to sense how dark they are. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell them. You just live. You just leave the light on wherever you go. And what do those bugs do when that zapper's on? Uh, y'all remember Bugs Life? I can't stop looking. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> they get around the light. I've told you this story before, but I was working at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza. Woohoo! When I was 16 years old, it was my very first job. I'd been there a year and a half. Been there a year and a half. And I had these guys who were older than me, college guys. One of them was a military guy, San Angeles, a military town. And these guys could cuss like, I mean, they were master cussers masters at it just 
flow out in, I mean, sentences, not just a little word here. I mean, amazing at it. You guys really took time to study this out, make a language out of it. And, I, and so I just worked with them. I never preached at them. I knew they were lost. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, and plus they were older than me. And, you know, I was just some punk 16-year-old kid. So I just kind of kept to myself. And if things got kind of nasty, you know what that's like. Conversation goes south. I would just quietly walk off and go back in the back, fold pizza boxes or whatever. Just, that was about it. Keeping it myself. One night we're closing up shop, me and the manager named Mike. And Mike said, hey, Eric, I noticed something about you. I said, what's that? He goes, I noticed you don't cuss. Why is that? See, I didn't preach anything to him. Just left the light on. Hmm? And then it opened up. We opened up. And I'm, I don't know how many nights we stood there together and talked about God. Amen. Mike was a Christian. Well, see, when I found out he was a Christian, then I got mad at him. I said, how can you leave me out here all by myself? Turn your light on, you idiot. <laughs> Help me out here. Good grief. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Yeah. Another time I was reading, reading the Bible out of deer camp. I love talking about deer camp. It's, about, it's, you know, it's hunting season, so I get all excited about this time. I was reading, reading the Bible at deer camp. I had a great time. Just had my little pocket Bible, actually a little camo Bible. I was reading around the breakfast table there in the, in the cabin, and some friends came in, not my friends. Uh, I mean, they're, they're good people, sort of. And they, they, they came in. They'd come in from a long trip up in northern Kansas. They came in. And uh, it was about 7.30 in the morning, and they came in, and, and uh, some couple of boys and their dad, their dad goes out to the trailer, and they're all sitting around, and, hey, everybody here. And then it kind of quieted down again, and I just, I just after I agreed, I just kept on reading, sitting there reading. And then their dad walks in and goes, hey, boys, look at here. And he throws out these, these porno mags on the, on the table. You boys enjoy. And then he got awkward, man. I mean, like, so I'm reading my Bible, <laughs> and all of them got their magazines up. You know, show, look at that, you know, showing each other. And I was like, I'm just going to keep on reading. All right. Lord, you're going to have to help me here. Huh? I'm really caught in the middle of something here. And then my brother-in-law, you all know Philip. I love that guy. Now, at the time, he wasn't saved. But he is now, thank God. At the time he wasn't saved, he walks in, he looks over my head, he goes, What you reading, Eric? I said, oh, it's my Bible. Just reading the Bible. Knowing my Bible. Look at this. <laughs> and I mean, it got quiet. It just got quiet in the room, awkwardly quiet. And inside, I'm like, this is great. This is just great. I love how they're feeling right now. And, uh, and here a little bit, I see the magazines go down, go down on the table. And then, you know, we ought to get out there in the deer blind. And uh, they all made their way out of the, leave the light on. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works. Listen, don't have any fellowship with those unfruitful works of darkness. That will preach a message better than anything in the world. That's if you just don't be a participator. Hmm? Amen? You remember what Jesus had the... Uh, the, the woman was caught in adultery and they brought, him, brought her to Jesus there at the temple. 
man, of all places, like, she was caught in the act of adultery. They drug her down the street and threw her at the feet of Jesus there at the temple and said, now the law says that we're supposed to stone her. She's, she's caught in the act of adultery. What do you say? And they're trying to catch him. They say, he better say the right thing because I love Jesus. He ain't worried about it. He ain't shaking up about it. He does this. I mean, the pressure's on, right? He's like, hmm. This starts, the Bible says, just start writing in the dirt. Oh, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? They said, what are we going to do about this? All right. Whoever is without sin, go at it. And the Bible says, you just reach back down Start drawing them dirt again. Whoever is without sin, go ahead, cast the first stone. Didn't hear any screaming. The woman's laid down with her face down in a shame in the ground. And the Bible says that from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their rock and walked off. Now I want to just thank God that they got honest at that moment. <laughs> Because they knew the law, too. Jesus knew they knew the law. If you break one of them, you've broken all of them. Maybe they didn't break that law, but they got caught somewhere along the way. Right? All of them walked off, and Jesus said, where are your accusers? Where are they? She said, she looked up and said, I have none, Lord. And then he said, the sweetest Words that fall on a sinner's ear. Yes. Yes. Neither do I condemn you. Anybody that, no, the only person that had the power and the authority to throw the stone said, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. See, when that word of grace came into her life, does she deserve grace? No. Otherwise, it's not grace. Grace came into her life. And it taught her not to sin. Romans 6, 14 says, For you, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law. You're under grace. Amen. When that word of grace comes into your life, ladies and gentlemen, sin cannot hold you down. Sin cannot stop a Christian who understands that they live in unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor from God. And when they just receive that grace by faith, hallelujah, sin ain't even a worry anymore. Are you hearing me today? Are you? The best news that you could have ever heard was neither do I condemn you. Jesus doesn't condemn you. If anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation, creation, right? Old things are past. All things are made new. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. Does that, does that excite you? That blesses me. And then Jesus right after that said, 
Right after that, in John chapter 8, verse 12, right after that whole story, after, after all of that, he sent her on her way free, free from the bondage of that law and into grace so that she could truly live a sinless life. Then spake Jesus again unto them. This is right after that happened. I am the light of the world. What's that light? What that light do? It just exposed all that darkness. Hallelujah. And he did, he did it without condemning the sinner. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The greatest thing that you can tell anybody is not how bad they are or, or this or that or how much sin they got in their life. It's to tell them, Jesus died for your sins. He took the penalty for your sin. He doesn't condemn you. God got over his anger toward man. Hallelujah. Everything. He put all of his wrath, all the punishment that you feel coming from God, it was put on Jesus. Hallelujah. He took it for you. He died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. And if you'll believe that, that light will come on on the inside of you and you will not have to be bound to that stuff anymore. You can be a new person. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you all right? Because here's what's important. He said, don't be having fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Look at verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of those things. That's why I don't understand why people, we got to speak on, we got to preach on sin. It says it's shameful to talk about those things. Okay. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. Woo! For whatever makes manifest is light. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.